The censorship you love will always become the censorship you hate. This is the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show Special Edition, recorded on January 12th, 2021. Jason Cousineau and I are first to discuss how the State of the Union has reached this all-time low as of this recording and how quickly things have devolved further since last week's episode. We start with a debate about censorship and its mere definition. What are the short-term gains and long-term losses of banning public figures from social media platforms and removing social media platforms altogether? What really happens when you ban, deplatform, and vilify, quote, bad people with bad ideas, unquote? The ACLU makes a case against silencing dissenting voices on both sides of the political aisle. Also, an honest conversation about who is ultimately responsible for your own actions. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. So, anyway... We have no idea where to start. I don't know yeah. how, how far back. So much. Holy there's, shit. There's so, so much, much going on. And for our listening audience, Jay and I were going to do a show yesterday or today to talk about something that happened a, a couple of weeks ago in regards to the Nashville Christmas bombing. Yep. And so I'm just going to preface this by saying that we have a source. We have somebody who has been giving us a little information every once in a while, giving us breadcrumbs to follow and find the information for ourselves. We have referred to him in the past as alphabet soup because deep throat was already taken, but, and he's kind of like the deep throat for the Fedora Chronicles. And when I mean deep yeah. throat, I mean um, Woodward and Bernstein's anonymous source that kept telling them to follow the money. And we all know how that that turned out. Turned out that deep throat was this guy. I think that he was second in line to the top at the FBI, Mark Felt. And we kind of have our own Mark Felt. And I, I can't tell you how we know him. And I, I don't even know if we should because we don't want to give away too much information about him. We don't want to give away too much information. But the thing is, is that he reached out to me and he said that there are a couple of things that you guys, meaning Jason and I, need to check out and do our own research and don't trust what the media says. Don't try and look at how the other news agencies are reporting the Nashville Christmas bombing. See how other news media outlets around the world are reporting on the bomber um, and go from there. And look into the building that was bombed. What was it about that building? What was going on in that building? And draw your own conclusions. And because I have some uh, experience in the telecom committee, a com- yeah, com- community. Because mm. <laughs> I, 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 I was on a telecom committee here in Ringe for a short while. But because I was in the telecom industry for a while, I kind of know my way around some of the terminology. And the, the building that was bombed 
was the hub of the internet backbone that everybody in that region uses, especially AT&T customers. And he said that it's not a coincidence that the internet and 911 went down and the FAA also went down at the same time, even though he knows for a fact that outside of Nashville, there is a hub, a backup hub, in the event of an emergency that is located in Franklin, Tennessee. And keeping in mind, we don't have internet access this morning. Jay and I are actually doing this over the phone. So I, I can't go and verify if whether or not I have the, the town correct, the name of the town correct. And he had said that this is just the beginning because I think it's Dick Durbin, Representative Durbin, wants to reintroduce his domestic terrorism bill. And I'm kind of like, I, I, I hope you're wrong. I told Alphabet Suit that I hope he's wrong. But he said that there are going to be things that are going to happen between tonight, meaning the, the, the Monday night before last that I, that I, when I talked to him, and the day of Inauguration Day that is going to make people sit up, take notice, and push for this domestic terrorism bill to be pushed through. And like I said, I, ho I hope that you're wrong. Yeah. And then the riots happened, not even two days after I talked to him. Where um, Trump's... Where a bunch of idiots stormed the... Stormed the I, keep, I keep referring to it as storming the castle, but they, they stormed the Capitol building. Yeah. yeah. And if that wasn't bad enough... There are many people on both sides who are blaming Trump supporters and Antifa for the incident that occurred at the Capitol building. And we're not we're not going to be playing the game, the, the blame game, because everybody is to blame. Um, right. And also looking and no one, at certainly no one is exonerated. Nobody's nobody is exonerated. And we would be yeah. idiots to say, oh, it was those people who did that and not the other people. This is a shit sandwich that everybody has had a part in making and I won't take a bite if you know what I right. mean. Um, this also includes all the rioting and the civil unrests and the, the, the city's burning during the past eight or nine months. The civil unrest because of the COVID lockdowns and um, George Floyd being killed by a cop uh, the Antifa riots, the Black Lives Matter riots, now the um, Trump supporters and the rally in Washington, D.C. on the same day as the Electoral College um, was taking place, the uh, Joe Biden's win was being ratified by Congress, Congress. and the Senate. And... I'm not saying that this is all part of a plan there. I don't, I'm not saying that the Illuminati is somewhere like pulling all the strings to the marionettes in the background. But what I am saying is that all of this is happening just as alphabet soup had said it would. And right. wouldn't you know it? Okay. Donald Jeffries had posted last night 
that they are going to push through the domestic terrorism bill that was introduced and then withdrawn a couple of years ago because of what we're witnessing right now. Meanwhile, Congress is pushing through articles of impeachment. They're putting pressure on Mike Pence to pull the trigger. Maybe that's not a not, maybe that's not the best word I should be using. Maybe that's not the smartest phrase. Yeah. But to initiate constitutional amendment 25. Because if the president is unfit for office for whatever reason, he should be re- what? Go ahead. He should be he should be rude. So here's here's my problem with that is Trump's an asshole. Okay. Yes. I don't and maybe I'm just missing it because I don't I'm not really on Twitter, but I haven't seen anything to indicate that he was encouraging people to violence. He was encouraging people to protest, he was encouraging people to um you know, to speak their mind and to talk to their Congress people. But I personally didn't see anything that I would think would constitute him inciting people to violence, like what happened on the Capitol building last right. Wednesday. And we would have the audio clip of Donald Trump saying that he wants people to peacefully protest at the Capitol. Then things went batshit crazy. Right. I remember something that I was told in the second or third grade when I started a fight with somebody and my excuse was, well, he made me, he made me do this. He made me start a fight. He made me punch him because of what he said. And my teacher had said, no, no, you did that. You made the decision to punch him in the face. You decided to do that. Nobody can make you do something with words. Nobody made you do anything. I might have a disagreement with my wife because the trash wasn't put where it belongs in the basement, okay? And we get into a fight. I can't say she made me fight with her, okay? Right. I fu- I'm fighting with her because I'm a dumbass and I don't realize that if, 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 I, if I want a happy life, I got to have a happy wife. Right. She didn't make me start an argument with her, Okay. That was my own dumbass. Nobody made you do anything. Nobody made you set those fires and burn down those cities right. during the Black Lives Matter protests. Okay, Nobody made you burn down and destroy those small businesses after George Floyd was killed. You did that if you're one of the protesters and listening to this. So if you, anyone who was participating in that was not, no one forced them to do it. You did, did that it on their own. You did that. Yeah. Okay. That's on you. Okay. Yep. Whatever it is, if you, if you're caught speeding, okay, because you're late for work, your boss didn't make you speed. You did that. <laughs> okay. Yep. And I could do this all sh- all throughout the entire yeah, show. Exactly. I could do this all what day. What it boils down to is personal accountability. Exactly. Now, the internet is back up here in Ringe, New Hampshire, but the audio quality coming out of your phone is so good. I, th- I, think, we, I, I think we might want to stay with this. Okay. So, so many people are blaming Donald Trump's tweets for the civil unrest 
in Washington, D.C. last week. And I'm reminded of what my teacher had told me about how you did that. You made that happen. You're the re- you're the reason why you balled up your fist and you punched someone. Yeah. You can blame Donald Trump all you want for your actions, or you can blame Donald Trump all you want for other people's actions. I thought that this is what happens when you become a grown-up, where you're responsible for your actions, not not some government entity, not some social media platform. Parlay did not make you do this. Parlay did not make people do that. Gab did not make you do this. Minds didn't make you do this. MeWe didn't make you do this. You did that. You made the decision to break into the Capitol building and cause all kinds of havoc and terror. So for the past couple of months, I guess, Jay, so many people were on social media like Facebook and Twitter And they would say, if you don't like it here, if you don't like Twitter, and if you're complaining about Twitter, why don't you go to Parlay or Parlor as it's pronounced by some people? And people got sick and tired of the garbage on Twitter and went to Parlor or Parlay. And we had a parlay account because that's what we do. We simply put the episode link on social media and get on with our lives. We have a Twitter account. We have all kinds of social media accounts. We have an Instagram account. And also, as you know, we're also conspiracy theorists. We like to talk about conspiracy theories and conspiracy fact. We don't buy into every conspiracy theory, but we talk about them. Like I can, we can do an entire show on how stupid flat earthers are. Right. I think we've also done long segments on how people who deny the Apollo 11 lunar landing are stupid. Right. Name another quote, conservative unquote podcast who has been harsher on Trump than we have been. When he deserves it. I'll wait. Right. But not too long because I don't want to boil the hell We've not been shy about calling him out. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I said in the beginning, he's an asshole. But we are a country ruled by the rule of law. We are governed by the rule of law. You don't get to take away people's rights, eliminate their positions because you do not like them. Right. You really don't. I mean, and is that the kind of country you want us to have. Well, yes and no, because on the show page, and if I could have sent the show page to you, <laughs> there's a, there is a woman who writes for the Washington Times, not the Washington Times. What the hell's wrong with me? There is a woman who writes for the New York Times who had posted this. I'm going to read this to you. In fact, Twitter and Facebook's ejection of Trump is pretty much the opposite of what happens in China. It would be inconceivable for the Chinese social media giant Weibo to block President Xi. Trump's social 
media exile represents in some way a libertarian's dream of a wholly privatized public sphere in which corporations, not the government, get to define the bounds of permissible speech. As a non-libertarian, I find myself both agreeing with how technology giants have used their power in this case and disturbed by just how awesome their power is. Trump deserved to be deplatformed. Parlay, or Parler, a social media network favored by Trumpists that teamed with, uh, teamed with threats against the president's enemies deserved to be kicked off of Amazon's web hosting service. But it is dangerous to have a handful of callow young tech titans in charge of who has a megaphone and who doesn't. So she gets it, but she kind of doesn't get it. Right. And she's more about punishing the, the libertarians than she is about being honest with what, what's going on. Because, see, again, Twitter can block anyone for any reason. That's fine. But after so many years of us being told, you know, so-and-so is being oppressed. Well, now look who's doing the oppression. Look who's being the asshole. Look who's doing the things that they claim they they are against kind of thing. And as you and I have said multiple times, if we want to be honest with what is going on in the world, we have to be honest with ourselves. And what's happening right now with people losing their, their voice is not going to prevent any violence. If anything, it's going to incite more violence because the more people feel like they have no other choice the more drastic choices they're going to make. You, these are the people that you have been calling racists and bigots for literally over a decade now. And these are also the people with a lot of guns. Yeah. And you're pushing them and pushing them to be more drastic, to take more extreme positions because fuck it, I'm getting blamed for it anyway. The more you marginalize them, the more you denigrate them, the more you poo-poo them as not having a right to have a vote. Not They shouldn't have any platform to, to give spew their vile hatred. The more you say shit like that, the more hate they're going to be filled with and the more likely they're going to do something extreme, like, say, storming the Capitol building. Right. Now, I personally disagree with that action. I would never do such a stupid thing. But... I can understand why they would feel that they have no other recourse. They have no other choice. They're being marginalized all the time. And now the platforms that they use to talk to each other to not feel as marginalized are being systematically eliminated by the very same companies that they've been getting pissed off about for years and being poo-pooed. So you know what? I mean, you're reaping what you sow right now. Not saying that anyone is causing them to make these bad decisions except themselves but at the same time there is a there comes a point in time when you have to realize you're pushing them to more extreme actions you're pushing them to feel more and more marginalized you're pushing them and really really just it's just not a good idea if someone is bullying you and you cry you're incentivizing them to bully you even more. If you're being bullied, as we've seen over and over repeating throughout recent history, unfortunately, children who are being bullied 
and don't feel like they have any recourse will take extreme actions, suicide, um, school shootings, those sorts of things. This is, there's no way this can end well if you're marginalizing people. There's no way because what are they going to do? What other recourse do they have? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. And I had actually written this post and let's see if I can find it. So the worst thing that could have happened, perhaps the dumbest thing that could have happened is that people were banned or encouraged to leave Twitter for various reasons. And then the, then these people were encouraged to go to parlay. Then parlay is shut down and people that I regarded as friends are celebrating parlay being shut down. Somebody who I thought was a friend laughed about this on, on, on Facebook yesterday. This is probably one of the dumbest things I have ever seen in recent memory. And probably, probably one of the sickest things I've ever seen. When, and when I say that this is the dumbest and the sickest thing I'm, I've ever seen, I'm not saying shutting down parlay. I'm talking about the people who are celebrating parlay being shut down. Yeah, those are those, those are sick people. And they're also hypocrites because imagine what would happen if conservatives were able to get people kicked off of Twitter and then whatever platform they went to was shut down for encouraging people to riot and burn cities down, which maybe they should. What exactly did you do by getting Parlay shut down? When you had Parlay open and people were openly posting on Parlay, you had access to what they were saying. And you could also have a civilized or uncivilized disagreement about why they're wrong. You can right. actually engage with people and explain to them why their thoughts are bad and why their actions right. are bad. Now that you've taken away one of their platforms or their platform, now you've driven these people further underground where we can't watch them or monitor them. Like your crazy Uncle George, who used to post crazy stuff online, and you and the rest of your family could say, crazy Uncle George is going off the deep end again. Somebody should intervene. Somebody should actually make sure that um, uh, he's not drinking again. He, uh, he's not beating Aunt Nancy and somebody has hidden the keys to the car or something. So he doesn't like blow up a Walmart or something like that, or he doesn't storm the Capitol with the with the other goof offs. Now you've driven these people further underground where you can't watch these people and you can't monitor them and you have no idea what they're going to do next because at least we had some kind of a warning what they were going to do. In the last episode of the podcast, we read the headline from PBS Frontline saying that the D.C. Capitol Police knew this was going to happen, meaning the hostile takeover of, yeah, of the Capitol. The Capitol building. But they were, they were unprepared for it. Now, now you're going to be even more unprepared. Now, Getting back to something you said, what do angry people do when they feel marginalized, insulted, and, and they have their voices taken away? Do you think these people are just going to up and quit? Do you think they're just going to give up 
and they're they're going to stay home and they're going to sulk. Right. And you're the never last, the last thing they're 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 pissed off, ticked off, and they're going to just go sit in their bunker somewhere and drink and say, "Oh, here's our loss. It's fucking Negroes. Yimmy, yimmy. No hell no. These are people who see themselves as saviors of what America really means. The last thing they're going to do is go and sit down somewhere. They're going to go out and they're going to do something and they're going to do something stupid. Meanwhile, while we're saying this, Congress briefed on new threats facing lawmakers and capital, Lamb says. Lamb who? What's who, what's what's Lamb's name? Um, Rep. Connor Lamb. T- Jesus. Quiet Wolf. So now Washington, D.C. is bracing for more violence on Inauguration Day. You have these angry people. Why are they angry, Jay? They're angry because they they don't feel like they're citizens. It's almost like they feel like they have taxation with no representation. It's not unlike the protesters who burned down the cities for various reasons during the past eight months. Violence is wrong. No... It's very, very rare that I can look at violence being committed and say that's that's good violence. When when somebody picks up a rock or makes a fist and throws the first punch, that's a first person who's run out of ideas, or that is somebody who is so so frustrated and so marginalized and so vilified, and their representation or the representatives. Don't listen to them or at, at, at worst mocks them. Right. The people who are doing this on all sides of the political spectrum take to violence because nothing else has worked so far. And simultaneously, yep. you can also say that there have been people who have been fanning the flames by saying um, inflammatory things. Right. But again, it's still the responsibility of the people, the responsibility of the people doing the violence which is not something we encourage or agree with. But we can be sympathetic to why they feel they have no other choice. Same thing with, like, the prieters. The, the prieters. Well, prieters is probably a good phrase for it. The protesters slash rioters in, like, Portland or Chaz when they took over Seattle, Capitol Hill. Um, I understand why they felt frustrated, but that is not the right way to go about it. Same thing with these people on Capitol Hill. The difference is the people protesting in Portland and, you know, those protesters, most of them are not going to be armed. Some, yes. But, like, now you're marginalizing people who probably are armed, and it doesn't seem like a smart thing to do. And didn't Ron Paul have his Facebook page shut down? That's that's one of the things that I also wanted to talk about. Now, Ron Paul is on the right. He's I, is he a Republican or is he what is Ron Paul these days? He, I believe he is a member of the Republican Party, but he describes himself or he is described frequently as a libertarian um, politician. So he has libertarian beliefs, but he's a member of the Republican Party, if I'm remembering correctly. Refresh my memory. Has Ron Paul ever incited a riot? Has Ron no. Paul ever encouraged people to go out and storm the castle? I mean, I mean, nope. uh, storm the Capitol. Nope. No, he has not. Has he Ron Paul is, ever? Fact, he's spoken out against that shit. 
Ron Paul is probably the loudest anti-war voice the Republicans have. Yep. Ron Paul is probably the biggest ally the anti-war movement has from the right. I don't yep. think there's ever been another, quote, Republican, unquote, who has been more anti-war and anti-violence than Ron Paul. But his page was shut down on Facebook because he wrote an op-ed that was published on another publication explaining to folks why shutting people down who don't agree with you on Facebook is wrong and is bad. Right. So what they do, they shut him down. They shut him down. Yeah. Maybe not the smartest thing to do right now. Especially considering they they can't even point out what he violated, what term of conduct or, or what he did that was so egregious that required them to shut him down. They can't point it out to him. What did you what, what did he do? Exactly. What what has he done? I, he said, I understand why some people feel the way they do and why it's a bad idea to continue pressuring them, putting pressure on them. They're building and building. And it's it's so fucking ridiculous because it's like it's like that really, really bad Green Hornet movie, right? Where the press kept upping the the tension in the criminal community and all of that shit. And then finally things blew up and got extremely violent. That's exactly what we're seeing now. We're seeing a Seth Rogen movie come to life. God damn it. If you people can't see a problem with that, you have issues. And I'm thinking about republishing his article on our platform just to see what happens. Yeah. I don't think that would be a bad thing. So the, the title of this episode is a quote from somebody else. I'd like to take credit for it, but this was also talked about on the Dark, Ho Dark Horse podcast with Brett Weinstein and his wife. And they did this episode like 12 hours after Donald Trump was kicked off of Twitter. The censorship you love will always become the censorship that you hate. Yep. The, pe <laughs> the people like our friend Larry, who is laughing and celebrating Parlay being shut down, would be the first guy to cry and moan and wet his pants if he was censored for no good reason. Right. The people who are saying, wow, this is such a great thing. Thank God that they've done this. This is terrific. They don't seem to realize that there is going to come a time when somebody bans somebody else for no good reason. Perfect example, David Cross had said that uh, he wants blood for all the horrible things that Trump has done during the past couple of years. He should be deplatformed immediately. He's inciting people to violence. Right. Okay, he's inciting people to, to violence. Yeah, he should be, should be deplatformed immediately. Come on, if they're going to be consistent and violence is something that they're against, he should be immediately deplatformed, right? This is this is what they want. This is what they're telling us. No one who incites violence deserves to be to be enabled. Okay, well here you go, prime candidate, deplatform his ass. Where are the calls for that? Yeah. <laughs> but 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 then he says. 
uh, first he, he had posted the day after Christmas. Um, fuck that. I want blood. And this is their response to Joe Biden saying, after a year of pain and loss, it's time to unite, heal, and rebuild. Joe Biden said that. Good for him. Yeah. David Cross says, fuck that. I want blood. Is this, is this who you people on the left, is this the kind of people you want to have as your, I don't want to say heroes, because I don't think anyone thinks of David Cross as a hero. Is this the level of discourse you want to have with your political opponents, your domestic political opponents? You want blood from the domestic political opponents, but international political opponents, you've got to bend the knee to. Is that really, I mean, what exactly is your message here? Republicans are the worst people on earth. I mean, if you honestly believe that, if you seriously, honestly believe that, there's no hope for America. Country, the great American experiment is over and we've lost. Everything anyone ever said, anything communist China ever said or communist Russia ever said about America is 100% true. We are a waste, you know? I mean, it's... It's, it's not a difficult question to answer. If you post yeah. something, if you post something like that, let's say you're a crazy loony liberal with anger management issues and you're a big fan of David Cross and you read this and David Cross says, fuck that. I want blood. So you take your machete and you go and you hack a couple of people at the local RNC committee meeting or whatever right. at, at, the, at the local church. Can you now blame Twitter or David Cross? for committing that act of violence. If you can blame Trump for crazy people storming the Capitol, you can blame David Cross for that crazy loony liberal who took a machete to people at a, at a, at a church meeting who happened to be Republicans or the Repub local Republican committee that meets at the, at, at this church. Isn't that how it works? Yeah, that is exactly how it works. If we're going to be consistent, that is how it works. But I think you and I both know it's not about consistency. It's not about consistency. It's about shutting down the people you disagree with by any means necessary. Even if you're being inconsistent with your political beliefs, that's okay as long as it's the right people who no longer have a voice. Don't know what to tell you. I mean, I am, I am shocked at what's going on right now. I'm, I'm shocked at how many people on the left who encourage people to leave Twitter. You don't like it here? Go to Parlay and then celebrating Parlay being taken down. Well, now you're going to have to deal with it on Twitter. Oh, wait, no, you won't. Because Rasputin, I mean, Jack Dorsey is not going to let those people have a say either and throw them off there. So now they're going to meet in underground beer halls. Look how well that turned out in other places in the world at different times in history. I mean, what's next? Are you going to round these people up and put them in re-education camps? Like the way... Well, like the way Andrea Ocasio-Cortez said we should? Right. We had a candidate here running for state senate or state rep. Good old Davey. David said that some of these people should be rounded up and put into re-education camps until they can be civil people. Yeah. And then he took the tweet down. Yeah, I wonder why. Which I can't imagine. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it wasn't because he realized that was a bad idea. Someone told him, are you fucking nuts? I'm pretty sure that's how that happened. It's There's pretty... a lot of anger happening right now. A lot of it. Yeah. Some of it, a lot of it I don't agree with. A lot of it I think is misguided. 
it's misplaced, but that doesn't mean it's not happening, right? And nor does it mean that it's invalid. Just because I disagree with them being angry doesn't mean that they don't have a valid reason for being angry. But I wonder what's going to happen next. No, and, what is, honestly? Yeah, well, in last week's podcast, I said what happens next is going to determine the future of America. And now they're shutting down those conservative voices. Right. And I would like to point out, it's not the government shutting these things down. They were talking about our private companies who have a right to do this. They do not have to do business with anyone they don't want to. But what are the consequences of their actions in shutting people down like this? What is going to happen? What is the end game of this? Because I'll tell you the one thing that is not going to be the end game. It's not going to be that those people or those voices are going to be silenced and we never have to hear from them again. That's not how that game is played. That's not how that works. They're playing with fire, playing a very, very dangerous game. And it is not going to end well. And while I'm saying this, I am very, very concerned about all aspects of this coming together. And you have this rhetoric on this side. And then on the other side, we have the danger of their shots being fired from both sides on inauguration day because of all of these threats. And then what, and then what happens next? Then what happens? What's going to happen to the rest of the world? If the United States falls apart and dissolves. Well, okay. (sighs) Say shots are fired, right? Shots are fired during inauguration day. What's going to happen? Well, if past is any is any indication of the future, calls for eliminating Second Amendment are going to skyrocket, right? Yes. That is that's definitely going to happen. Okay. Um, crimes will then increase, like home invasion stuff like that. People who have guns that are like you can't do this are probably not going to turn in their guns peacefully. And you're looking at the beginning of a civil war. If they try and take away the second amendment, you are looking at the beginning of a civil war because a lot of people that own guns are not going to take that shit lying down. Not all of them are going to go out and do something violent, but they will be violent when someone tries to take their guns from them. Yeah. That is what's going to happen. Okay. Um, And there are going to be some idiots who are going to go out and initiate the violence. Because that's just how it works. It's human nature. So if we start a civil war, the first thing that's going to happen is any of our more aggressive political opponents on the international stage are going to take it as an opportunity for them to finally get rid of America, to destroy the United States. So any civil war or any indications of civil war is going to invite invasion. And if they time it right, that will destroy the United States. Now say it's say it's Russia that initiates an invasion of the United States, right? Well who are they going to uh, do they have the, the troops to invade just themselves? Possibly, but they're probably going to invite China too, because China doesn't like us either. So now you're looking at a joint invasion of the United States from Russia and China. In order to do that, they're gonna, at least some of them are gonna go through Canada. Ground troops go through Canada to invade the United States. The Northwest Territories, all of those provinces of Canada between Alaska and the lower 48, all of those are gonna get invaded. Canada will respond, which means Europe 
is going to get involved because a lot of Europe doesn't like us right now, even though they do have treaties with us. So you're looking at the beginning of World War III. World War III will be the bloodiest war ever. Oh, absolutely. Because of the level of technology we have nowadays. And that's what these people are playing with. And these people also need to understand that um, gun people are not going to change their minds. I know because I'm one of them. You are not going to be able to convince anyone who owns a gun that they shouldn't own a gun, that it's better for the world if they don't own a gun. You're never going to convince a gun person of that. Just like I'm never going to be able to convince someone who is anti-gun that guns are vital to our freedom. That's it's never going to happen. You're talking fundamental beliefs. And by the way, gun control people are more likely to become pro-gun than pro-gun people are to become gun control. Just statistically, that bears out. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It's just that usually is not how it works. Some pro-gun control person has something happen. They suddenly want a gun. They realize, fuck, all this shit we've gone through is affecting me. I'm not a bad guy. And then they go, oh, fuck. That's yeah. what they've been saying for decades. This is what we've or been saying. They, here's right, what, here's or they get mugged. Go ahead. Have a home invasion or something like that. And one member of their family gets killed because the police are minutes, when you're seconds from home, the police are minutes away. And then they fun, suddenly realize what it is the, the pro-Second Amendment people have been saying. So, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's, just, it, it, it's not going to end well. This is the start of something that could literally potentially have far-reaching consequences for the entire world. Yes. And it's because of idiots on the right and because of idiots on the left that have, are not government officials, although some government officials are playing into it, and people on the left are going to immediately think Trump. People on the right are immediately going to think people like Andrea Casey or protest. But the truth is there's people on the right and the left who are bad actors. I tend to have more sympathies with people on the right because I'm on the right politically. Doesn't mean I agree with what they're doing. I understand their frustration. They're just going about handling it the wrong way. Yes. This is the worst way to handle this situation. And let's be honest, the media, frankly, has told them they can do this, that they should do this by the way they've treated the violent protesters slash rioters in other cities throughout this entire year. They've, they've enshrined them as heroes. So now social pressure, which in today's world is more governed by the media, is not going to help them at all. Now that they've shut down Parlay, the cooler heads on the right, such as hopefully you and I, won't have an opportunity to tell people that agree with them, look, I understand your frustrations. This is not the way. This is this is the worst thing you could possibly do because now they've shut down that conversation. I don't know. It just seems so obvious to me, but apparently not obvious to everybody. People are blinded by their own their own assurance on that they're right and everyone else is wrong, that they they just don't get the consequences. They can't see far enough. There's also an aspect of this that I think is very ironic because for years, people were worried about censorship and censorship specifically meaning the government preventing a publication 
from operating and doing business or, or publishing certain thoughts and ideas via text. Now this is the exact opposite. Now we're looking at a publishing platforming, a publishing platform, as it were, silencing members of the government. Yeah. And a lot of people who are splitting hairs are saying this is not censorship because Trump can still go on Fox News or he can hold a press conference and people who want to publish that can and will. But the problem is now, one of the things that I was also going to talk to you about is that now that there are um, banking platforms, I believe PayPal is one of them who are shutting down people's accounts because they're, they're on the wrong side of the political aisle. I'd like to get confirmation for this. But here's the $10,000 question. Where does it end? If you have bad thought, they can, they can shut down your bank. If I, if I, and where's the line drawn? Yeah. If you, if you, like, if you're, if you're like David Cross and you say, I want blood. Can his bank shut him down for saying that? Yes, that's if, what they're that's what they're showing. If if PayPal is shutting down people because of their political beliefs, and you know, telling them they cannot use their services, which they have a right to do, then yes, David Cross can have his bank tell him, "Listen, um, you're inciting violence. We disagree with anyone who incites violence from the left." Um, yes. Because you're a left-wing person, we're eliminating you. Here's your money. You've got to find another institution. Yeah, absolutely. They have a right to do that. You cannot force a business to do business with you. And then pretty soon we're going to have right-wing banks and we'll have left-wing banks. We'll have right-wing radio stations and left-wing radio stations. Yeah. We'll have right-wing, well, theoretically, we'll have right-wing websites, left-wing websites. And then whenever, you know, the government flips... Assuming that, you know, all of the problems we've had with elections going back into the 90s that have been getting increasingly worse don't continue to get worse. And then one party steals every single election and we become a single party system, which is, again, the end of the United States. Then there will be also that would lead to a civil war because you've got Nancy Pelosi in an interview basically saying that, oh, no, this is a mandate from the people. America wants Democrat values. Never mind the fact that they lost seats in the House. They barely, and it's very suspect on how they gained seats in the Senate, and they barely won the presidency. She's seeing this as a mandate. Yeah. Aside from the fact that she herself almost lost her reelection bid. Aside from the fact that the vast majority of the down-ticket candidates in federal level, state level, if they won, they won by narrow margins. She's seeing this as a mandate. She has said that publicly. So she is going to push through things. She's treating this as, a, as if it's the first six months of the Obama campaign, the Obama administration, when they wouldn't let America, they wouldn't let Republicans talk or propose anything for 100 days. I want to read this news item from PayPal, not from PayPal, from Bloomberg. PayPal okay. blocks website that helps send protesters to Capitol. This is published January 11th, 2021. 
PayPal Holdings Incorporated blocked the Christian crowdfunding site Give, Send, Go after it helped raise funds for people who attended last week's violent event in Washington, D.C., according to a person familiar with the matter. The payments giant also closed an account held by Ali Alexander, one of the organizers of the gathering before the riot, the person said, asking not to be named discussing non-public information. Now, these are people who simply went to the protest or went to the rally. We don't know if any of the of those people on that bus stormed the Capitol. Yeah. They just got on a bus and went to this rally. And by the way, let's not forget, they know who stormed the Capitol. They're arresting them. Yeah, they're already arresting these people. And they, I suppose pointing out the hypocrisy of how People or companies like PayPal doing this are no different than everyone on the right who said that everyone in the in the BLM protest was violent. Pointing that out, that logical inconsistency there, I think, would be pointless. But here's the thing. What if the tables were turned? What if Twitter was banning and blocking people from Antifa? All of these anarchist groups? So I'll, I'll take it a step further. I think we should petition Twitter to do that. If they're going to, you know, anyone who's marginally might possibly could be involved with anything violent should be banned from Twitter. Then they should be, you know, no one who, who has hashtag BLM, no one who has ever posted hashtag BLM should be allowed to have a Twitter account because they might possibly have incited violence. By the way, while we're recording this, our internet is down again. <laughs> Coincidence. So this is this is this is a very very scary thing, and and we are now further down the road than we were a couple of months back when we were talking about the CEOs of Google, Facebook, and Twitter being called on the carpet by Ted Cruz and company about antitrust violations. And I'm going to, and here's the other thing before I let you go, this is exactly what conservatives and right-leaning people and libertarians in general have been worried about because people have been saying, well, Twitter and Facebook are private companies. But the problem is, is that, They've also been working hard to shut down the competition or gobbling up smaller companies that could compete with them. They have become a monopoly, Jay. Now, while you say this is fair and good and all of that happy horse shit, their business practices are unethical. And if you wanted to have a social media platform to compete and allow people to say crazy batshit things on the platform, you can't because they're being shut down by the tech giants. Yep. Because also Apple and Google removed Parlay from their store. So if you if you want to use these other platforms, you can't right. because the apps are being blocked. You know, they're a private sure, you could say that they're a private company and they're able to do that, but now you're opening up the door to more antitrust lawsuits. And that's exactly it. See, 
is that now we're learning just how much they don't have competition or how little competition they actually have. Gab was, what, yeah. This is all, this is what this is showing us. Oh, we have competition. Facebook says we have MeWe. Do you? Cause look what happened to them. Oh, Twitter says they have parlay that we have competition. They have parlay. Well, do you not anymore? Right. Not anymore. And this is something that you and I have mentioned kind of peripherally on the podcast before. Twitter, Facebook, Google have all, every single one of them, been working with Congress to ensure they will never get replaced. They will never have a real competition. They've made it difficult through regulation. They've made it difficult for another platform to rival them. And that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing that in action. Now they feel they can do whatever they want and look what they're doing with it. This is exactly what we said was going to happen. This is exactly what we're, we've been concerned about for years yep. now. Kind of scary. I don't, I, and this is one of those occasions where I hate being right. As much as yeah. I hate being wrong, there are times when I hate being right. Yeah. And this is exactly why I have told people stop making stupid suggestions on how to run my podcast. Stop telling me what platforms I should be using. Right. Stop telling me what services I should be using. Because it's not hard to imagine that if we were using Blogger or WordPress or any of those other services, they could easily pull the plug on us because we happen once in a while to say, never Trump, never Biden on occasion. Yep. They could easily pull the plug on us because I say, Joe Biden sucks and fuck Hunter right. Biden. Yeah. It's not hard to imagine that we could be deplatformed by these other companies. YouTube could get rid of us and a revenue stream that we may have, we could have relied on just for saying fuck Biden. Yeah. Not because we're violating any terms of service, by the way. No. Because Google or Twitter and Facebook both have proven they can change, and even YouTube has done this, they can change the terms of service after the fact and say they violated this term of service. Even though it wasn't in effect at the time that we banned them, this is the term of service that they violated, which is why we banned them. Yeah. This is some really scary stuff. This is genuinely terrifying, scary stuff. And I would like to be able to reach out to these people who had mocked us and said, oh, that would never happen. I'd, I'd like them to, to reach out to me and offer an apology, but they can't because their internet is down for some strange reason again. <laughs> you guys don't even have a storm or anything, do you? No, they're, they're, uh, they're working on the backbone of the internet. And this is the other, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to close uh, the show with this thought. I called our internet company this morning when we went down just before we were supposed to record. And I, I talked to this really nice woman when I said, hey, I'm just curious. I mean, it, it, did we not pay the bill or um, yeah. are, they, are they working or, 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 or something going on <laughs> or something going on? And she said, absolutely not. And they have a policy not to deny people service for any reason whatsoever, unless you like 
seriously break a law like a real like a real law and there will be laws that congress or the senate may pass there may be bills that become law that says you need to ban conspiracy theorists she said that their company already had a meeting they're not gonna they're not gonna comply with that law oh that's good they've already but the scary thing is they've already had this conversation right they're already prepared for it that ought to terrify you a little that ought to make that at least raise the hairs on the back of your neck a little. Yeah. That is a little disturbing. No, that's a lot disturbing. My freedom of speech should not be protected by a private company because, as we can see, they do horrible things often. But a law limiting my freedom of speech is actually against the Constitution. It's actually against the First Amendment of the Constitution. So any such law that's passed should be able to be quickly deemed unconstitutional. Yeah. Should. Don't hold your breath. Right. Depends on if the courts are si- are on your side or not. Yeah. And it's not hard to imagine how things are actually going to get worse before they get better. Right. Because if there is violence, if there is going to be violence on Inauguration Day, things are definitely going to get a lot worse before they get better. Yeah. So... Not a happy podcast, not a happy episode at all. No, it wasn't. Well, shit's gone on, so. Um, and what kind of world are we living in? What kind of what kind of world is this? What kind of world are we leaving our kids? It's certainly not better than the one that we found. Yeah. So anyway, Jay, thanks for another thought-provoking show. <laughs> and thank you. And, and providing, of course, things don't go sideways and there's still an internet and we still have our service providers, I'll talk to you Friday. That sounds fantastic, man. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Thor Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorachronicle at google.com are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions and if it's any good we promise we'll read your comment on the air support the show by contributing to our patreon page patreon.com slash fedora chronicles for a mere dollar a month you get early access to the podcast updates on what we're doing and for five dollars a month you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020, all rights reserved. 
On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renner-King-Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>